Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read. By yours truly. My name is Kaki. And my name is Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And this week, we'll be reviewing Illusion de Potere by Philip K. Dick. Illusione de Potere, yeah. Uh, let me ask you, Kay, did you like it? Uh, I thought it was a challenging book, mm. but what about you? As you and our readers at home know, it's a bit of a trying time for me. Bear season has just come to an end, which uh, bear hunting season, yeah. and it has not been a success for me. Bears uh, one, cocky zero? That, definitely, that is the math. I was unaware... Well, bears three, cocky zeros, last count that I heard. Just catching all the readers up on the unnecessary lore, after you recommended that I build a medicine lodge, which I did indeed do, around mm-hmm. the fireplace with the, with the vellum and the, and, and the book stacks. Yes, and caught fired yet? Oh, no, no, no. It's quite good. As I I mentioned, like, it's a combination of sauna and banya and and steam out and hammam. Oh, yes. I did start drinking water from the water cooler, as Ah. you you mentioned. So my health has markedly improved. Oh, good, yes. Which allowed me to see through the sham that I believed was the spirit of the bear that I was communing with and then apparently dating. It was just just one of those bears in a sheet Uh, while I was suffering. Delirium. Yeah. I mean, I had my suspicions, but I, I, I tried to see it through to the end just to see if I could gather any intelligence, but... When, when I was actually being walked down the aisle, that's when I oh, kind of pulled the whip cord. I was wondering what the music was. I, I can't figure out how to stop it. It's playing on a loop. Yeah. I mean, it, it's quite a nice march, but... After a while, it gets a little under your skin, I suppose. It becomes dirge-like. Just the memory of being walked down the aisle. Although it's not called the aisle. Oh. In a church, the aisles are the ones... Uh, are they, are they the along sides? the sides? No. The, aisles. So the, the, the one down the middle is called the... The central passageway. And then the groom took his bride up the central passageway. Is yes, not a, I can see how no, that that's would, not like, how he, would not go down very well. Honestly, it's been it's been kind of a bummer, this whole Mere experience. Season, I, yes. Yeah, I, I was very excited, as you know, to, to, to meet another... Denizen of the library. Oh. oh, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Because after a rocky start, I got on very well with the little Velibraptors. Mm-hmm. Bears, not so much, but... Hey, I've got, to, I've got to ask you about this technicality. So yes. I can't hunt them anymore, right? Because oh. bear season is over. As you oh, know. hunt. Sorry, I thought you said hump. But go on, yeah. <laughs> well, what happens in the library stays in the library, Kay. <laughs> How are the rules about pranking them back? Oh, I'm pretty sure those aren't covered by seasonal laws. Yeah? yeah. Is that okay? I mean, it's... As long as, like, nobody's getting killed and skinned, I think it should be all right. So I have a few plans that I'd like to run past you to, to mm-hmm. see if I'm hitting the right tone. As you can see over here, I've built another pro or anti-bear suit, but this one is definitely an anti-bear suit. Ah. It's designed to be uh, extremely uncomfortable, but also slightly, like, remote controllable. You see it's got these pulleys on the outside. Oh. Yeah. So you're hoping that they nick it, get into it, and then you'll they'll be at your mercy. Yes, that's ah, what I'm hoping. Basically, a very elaborate bear trap. Then again, oh, okay. Does that defy the spit? Like, well, does that belong in bear hunting mm, season? It's, I'm sure you can get away with it if I don't actually make it onto the bears back to to grab the pulleys where yes. it's safe. Although they can roll me off and crush me. Well, yes, there's always that problem. With- I'll have to build my own rolling cage. And no, they're just going to steal that as well. Put the roll cage. In with the suit, kind of like a monocoque, like they have in uh, Formula One. So a you can, monocoque. Like, that's what it's called. What, what, that's what, what's called. I can't. I can't imagine it. It's kind oh. of like the same with a warthog. Like this, it's a titanium bathtub that the pilot sits in. Well, essentially, like a a, a very elaborate ejector pod. No, that's different. That's the F one one F one seventeen. I think that has. This, it's the supersonic bomber thing that had a ejection pod. It was used a few times, but it had it had certain dangers. Like if you don't <laughs> retract your arms and legs far enough when the when it closes down, then oh, yeah, no. you're in trouble yeah that's that's, that's, so yeah there was there was some there was some issues they actually come to think about it actually they tested that using a bear 
Oh, they actually that... put a, put a bear in the thing, and then <laughs> what? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding either. Who flew the plane? Well, it wasn't on the it was on the it was a ground test. Oh, then, okay. Uh, after the first time, the bear <laughs> did not want to get back in again. No, of course not. I I, I bet it didn't want to get in the first time. I, well, why do you test this on a bear? I'm, What's not, the... I'm not entirely sure what what they were thinking, the thinking, but for some reason they thought putting a bear in that was going to be a really good idea. <laughs> They're lucky it's not one of your library bears because yes. those fuckers would have just made off with the plane. Yes. They're crafty fuckers. No, absolutely. I guess they have a lot of books to learn from. Speaking of books to learn from, I learned from a book about bears mm-hmm. to, to try and set up some of my uh, bear pranks. I learned about a, a South American type of bear that's called the spectacled bear. Oh. Yeah. It's rather a it's rather a fun patterned bear. Uh, there's not a lot of them around, as goes for so many of the species that we seem to be keen on obliterating. Or are, are, those, are, are those the ones with a tongue like a boat, like a tie? What? Oh, there's one. There's one particular kind of bear who could like lick his navel without b- bending his head over or something like that. It's like it's got like oh. a humongous tongue. It's like I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly, but it goes yeah, yeah, yeah. like can wear a tongue like a necktie almost. Oh, that must be that like might a, be a honey bear. Yeah, no, so, uh, is there a, such a thing as a honey bear? There was no, in the in the remake um, of Jurassic Park. Bill Murray's Baloo was a different type of bear than. I didn't recall seeing Baloo in the remake of Jurassic Park. <laughs> the Jungle Book of Lord. I'm sorry. Yes, Rudyard Kipling's Jurassic Park. Park yeah. Oh, we're reviewing that next week. <laughs> So I have a few more ideas. This one I think is is kind of is kind of promising. So what we have, and I'm I'm reaching back into the lore here, yeah. is three bowls of porridge. Mm-hmm. Now they look like ordinary bowls ah, of porridge, right? Yes. But this one's too cold over here, yes. and this one is too hot. And the third one is laced with rohypnol. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Okay, that's actually that's actually a rather good idea. Yeah. I thought I thought just like having having two disappointing bowls of of porridge. Why did you go for rohypnol, though? I don't know. You were trying to catch bears? It's... No, prank. I'm trying, trying, bears. I'm trying to oh, okay. prank the bears. It's well, different. You, like they you can... wait until they fall asleep, and then you put their paw in a bowl of water, and then... I'll just pull a book off the shelf from this library that'll tell me how to fashion rohypnol roofies from... From, from, from... Common, from common garden... Uh... <laughs> I was going to say from common kitchen substances, <laughs> but yeah, okay, let's head into the garden uh, yeah. and see if we can crush some berries. Oh, they'd love the berries. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so this one clearly needs refinement. Now, I, I, I had one more, which... Ooh, I think it's on the edge of ethics. Mm-hmm. As you can see, it's another it's another bear suit, but this one is a bear costume, and it's a very tiny, tiny, fluffy bear costume. Oh, it's for... adorable! Yeah, thank you, thank you. And it it sort of fits neatly over the tweed romper that I wear, so yeah. it's sort of stick, sticking out. And my idea is to disguise myself as a little baby bear. Oh, and like prey on their paternal instincts. Yeah, yeah, uh, and see if maybe they adopt me and that I that I can get close to them afterward. Just I mean, just they become part yeah. of their bear family. Okay. And then, then after I don't know how many years I kind of want to want to pull this off, yeah. and they go, "Ha ha! I was never a bear this whole time." And that'll right. be a, that'll be like a long term prank. It kind of reminds me of that joke about gay chicken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The guy in school, and they were dared into a game of gay chicken, and by now they're living in Vermont, married with their adopted daughter, and if he doesn't give up soon, I'm th- going to think he's actually gay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that, that fun sort of prank game where two heterocurious young males are dared to kiss each other, and are they going to do like, it? Like, who is going to chicken out? Yes. It? 
Do you have any advice for bears? Like, just bears. generally. Yeah, Advice yeah. on bears. Uh, yeah. Don't. So, uh, okay, don't. Yeah, avoid salmon breath. Berries are good on anything. Do you know why they serve in Swedish cuisine? Why lingonberries are served with almost everything? Because they grow everywhere. Because it grows fucking everywhere. It's yeah. the same with garlic in Italy. It's just, oh, I stepped on some garlic. Oh, <laughs> I fell over and rolled into some wild garlic. It's, it sounds like fun, actually. It sounds it? like a delicious place yeah. to, to, to walk around in. Yeah, I mean, rosemary that grows wild there as well. Rosemary and garlic, can't go wrong with that. No wonder all their food tastes great. Mm. Speaking of Italy, though... Ah, yes. We have The Illusion de Potere, uh, The Illusion of Power by Philip K. Dick. Why do we keep reading foreign translations of I originally English books? I don't know how books? that keeps happening, and you are the senior librarian. It's weird. And if you look down at your podcasting device right now, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book, unless you're using Stitcher. I have just been informed. Huh? I, I contacted them, and they said they don't support per-episode artwork. So ah, okay. our, our, sure. uh, our dear readers who are using Stitcher, which is quite a lot of you, you can go over and to covermyasscast.com and check out episode 45 or you, if you're listening to this in the in the same week you can check out our twitter because we always post the cover there oh and we have to thank our our friend for providing this week's uh, synopsis a friend of library uh, ryan campbell who is truly an excellent uh, independent author we've known him for many years you can find him on twitter at the pendrake uh, and check out his book, God of Clay, the first book in his recently completed Forest Gods trilogy set in a mythical prehistoric Africa. It is a doozy. But uh, not what we're reading this week. This week, uh, the synopsis, as provided very kindly by, uh, uh, by Ryan Campbell, <coughs> Richard just wants a few days off of his demanding job as a jumpsuit model. So he builds a robot out of old movie studio props to fill in for him. But soon he finds his life spinning out of control as everyone, his boss, his wife, his parents, all think the android is the real thing. Now he has to find a way to outwit his own creation before it takes over his life forever. Step one, get the robot addicted to prescription pharmaceuticals. It took a bit of a nosedive there. Yeah, like, it's a bit odd, but yeah. It's harsh. So, yes, looking at the uh, looking at the cover of the book, we can see the the, the robot involved here. I mean, far-fetched to call it an android. Android here. is generous. Which like, that is a be... man-shaped yeah. robot. This is well, very... man-shaped. This is also very big. Uh, it's like... Yes. Two and a half meters tall, I would say. It looks, seems to be running on a steam engine. There's this beautiful copper wheel with this huge piston attached, showing that the artist who did the cover clearly has no idea how steam engines work. No. Because the piston is connected to the axle rather than yes. to the rim. Yes, I love and, that. And also the other end is not connected to anything, as far no, as I can tell. It's so, a free-floating slice of <laughs> copper pizza. But yeah, there's the, also some uh, like round protrusions on the base of the uh, of the robot. Of the of the skirt, essentially. The, the, the skirt, little, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's the, a very good, very good way of pointing. I mean, that is, which is ribbed for their pleasure. Oh, that'll be it. Yes, yeah, all the little nubblies. No, uh, well, little. I mean, they're big as my fist. Are bigger than you know. Some people like that sort of well, thing. Well, yes. Speaking of fist, there's like two. Um, <laughs> yes. there's, there, there's some extensions on the thing. You almost expect a plunger there, but no, these are gloves. Which yeah, are like, look, big, they're like oversized red gloves, which look like they've been just blown up rather than yes, actually filled yes. with anything mechanical. And of course, there's this little thing on the front, which look almost looks like a little cannon sticking out. But I think it's just meant to be a, a a pipe with a tap on it or something like that, chasing after a pill, which is like I guess yeah, just off the edge there. There's yeah. a, there's a big giant gel cap, and 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 on the left is our hero uh, Richard tinkering with the well, the I mean it's a it's a little furnace, but as we as we discover in the book. While everything runs on steam power, the steam power is generated by nuclear power oh, piles. Well, I mean that's. Essentially, yes. Nuclear power plants are, in fact, steam engines. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I kind of like that they seem to sort of skip 
in this world internal combustion and just go straight for, you know, coals are boring. Why don't we just have a, a near-critical nuclear pile? It's a marvel of miniaturization that you can actually oh, yeah. build a steam generator like that small from nuclear power. They must not like shielding very much or redundancy yeah. or, well, you know, it's, all, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you're playing in Fallout when you have the, like, the nuclear cars. So oh, if yeah. you blow one up, then you get this like mini nuclear explosion because then the oh yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a weird thing to display then because the only reason that it looks like a mushroom cloud in 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 real life is because it's like uh, the, the nuclear no. explosion. Why it looks like a mushroom cloud is because it starts off as a sphere and then the bottom of the sphere hits the Earth. It can't push the Earth away, so the Earth pushes the entire expansion mass upward, bumps off essentially oh, right. off, the, off the ground, yes. rises up. Yeah. Vacuum is is filled in with cold air from the from right. the side, which heats up when it touches the the hot ground, and, and draws it, the yeah. the the pillar of uh, of rubble up from the ground. And as then you get the characteristic from the mushroom cap. Oh, I recently discovered a fantastic uh, account on on Instagram. I hope I'm saying it correctly. It's called Fuck Mushrooms, and it's all these <laughs> okay. it's all these pictures of like mushrooms with a hand giving it the the, the, the middle thing. finger, oh. and then the, the the tagline is Fuck these prototaxes, stellarvitori. They're little okay. assholes that, that I mean, travel faster I, than I, light. I, I can get in on that because I'm not a huge fan of mushrooms. So good. I'm learning so much about different types of mushrooms because he goes out and finds them and flips them off. Just flips them off. Oh, Oh, brilliant. So yes, uh, we have good old Richard. He's a sales associate for the jumper company. Yeah. Uh, He goes along with the salespeople and um, he has to like show off the different suits. You have the salespeople holding the pitch and he gives it a live fashion show in which he shows the different models. Um, he got the job after his boss witnessed Richard's uh, quick change magic act. Yes, and I was super into that. Bypassing the fact that, you know, quick change magic acts are based upon layers of clothing that can be quickly and easily removed, yep. which just kind of doesn't really work very well on jumpsuits. I mean, okay, you can layer them up if you make them thin enough, but like quick removal is not really part of the, uh, of not the experience. traditionally, but they can, like, it's, it's okay to modify a display model I suppose, with essentially the, stripper technology. Yeah, the rip-off uh, Velcro. Yeah, you've got the... the, the, the the ripcord and the Velcro uh, uh, inseam. The big challenge for Richard is, of course, to remember how many layers he's wearing. And if another one of the sales associate kinds of wants to trick him uh, and ask him to and reveal the next one, and he's and not he's quite like standing about there it. in his boxers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit. There's a lot of pranking going on in that company, and he does not like the job. He's like, when he, he wants to no. do magic, and this is like just like you know, it's making ends meet. Oh, and this is the problem for for Richard. Like he he descends from the New Brunswick Richardses. And he's a bit of a black sheep of an otherwise uh, sort of old money family. His 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 mother being the the heiress to a great industrial empire herself, a bit of an idle woman, a lifestyle that she has conferred upon upon her her children. I think one of them is an eyebrow double on on the side. Yeah. Another one is a, is a tobogganist. We have a hand dancer. Like no no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are important, uh, important roles, and people. Honestly, I think to... I think Philip K. Dick was just was just saying words, and just I'm just wondering if they came together in something funny. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's something Mr. Dick did. There's not a lot of employment in those uh, fields, but you know, if you need one, you need one. Yeah, we desperately need a tobogganist. I mean, someone has to slide down those hills. And how else are we going to represent? I guess Scotland at the Olympics. I'm not sure. To, but where, where do toboggans or, originate? I mean, it's basically just a, a curved, curved plank, isn't it? 
I honestly don't know. I, I sort of picture in my mind a bobsled, even though I know that a bobsled it, it, is a very it's different it's thing. Is a, as far as I know, it's the thing that uh, Calvin and Hobbes write down. Basically, a, f- a door with a f- curvy end at the yeah, end. Yeah, like a like a like a, a frozen magic carpet. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a toboggan, but that's about oh, as far wow. as my knowledge on sleds go. I mean, it's definitely not the kind of sled that we like use that. here. No, we like the sleds that are basically like skates. Yeah, so sitting platform yeah. on top of two runners. That's uh, uh, and for the readers at home, that's how Dutch children learn to learn to, learn to skate. Like there's essentially a miniaturized version of that kind of kind of sled, like two two curved runners mm. separated by by slats that you can tie under your shoes. Gives you t- two irons to stand on at the beginning. Yeah, so then you're then you're stable and you can still move ahead a bit, and you've got a little wooden chair to push across. Uh, and my mother, when she was uh, uh, when she was teaching me to skate without the the, the little chair, I must have been I guess four or five mm-hmm. starts early back then. She gave me two ice lolly sticks to hold on to, and if I still had the sticks at the end ah. of the, uh, uh, then I'd get a treat. I'd get some chocolate milk. Oh, whatever. very good. Which is like it makes sure that when you fall over, you make fists because you're protecting those sticks ah. instead of like sticking out your fingers and somebody else might skate over them. Right. Oh, that's the idea. I thought it was like to keep you from like sticking out your hands and catching, trying to catch yourself on your hands and arms. Partly that as well, yeah. but mostly like if you fall, make a ball and 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 ball up your fists especially because yeah. like ah. you get you take skates to the side of your hand like that's okay. bad news. But yes, back to the story. Um, yeah, his relationship with his family is a bit is a bit tense, and that's why he really wants to make it as a like. Magic is his true passion, but he doesn't want to be one of the idle rich. I mean, okay, you have to be pretty good at being a magician if you want to make a living out of it. Yeah. So there's that. And he works his modeling job. I mean, he's got a good body for it, and it, it allows him to keep practicing his act. Yeah, the occasional, you know, uh, dove flying out of his pockets. It's, uh, it doesn't well, really it's help like, with sales, but it's a, it's oh, a, I mean, a wow it's, it's a cute little thing, yeah. And one day when his boss, who is generally referred to as the master, he actually has a gig that night and his boss makes him go out. It's like, no, no, you have to, uh, you have to go with Roger Rumper on another sales call. Uh, and, uh, and he goes like, wow, well, but I can't, but I've got a gig. And like, I don't care. It's like you're fired if you don't go to. And he decides like, screw it all. And he dips his nose into the warehouse and starts to uh, put together his, uh, his android. He's yeah, like, I'll his, send a bloody replacement. replacement. I love that this was his immediate idea. I love the sort of Acme-style cartoonish, I know what I'll do. I'll just build a robot double to fool my boss. Uh, yes, uh, the master, a.k.a. Il Maestro. Well, yes. <laughs> in, in my version of the... Well, yes, it's Italianized. <laughs> just use what he's got lying around. He's got this, this, this cladding to make this skirt, much in the way that I made the, the aluminum cladding of the air vents into my first pro or anti-bear suit before yeah. that was burgled by the dastardly bears. It's the Zentai factory behind the sales building, so it's where, where a lot of these things are built, being built. <laughs> yeah. So there's like production systems there, and he goes like, oh, I can use some of this to cobble it together. Getting it ambulatory is a bit harder. He realized that this robot does not look very much like him. Yeah. And so he very cleverly fitted it with an impromptu weapon system firing agnosia darts. Oh. Agnosia being the condition yeah. where you are unable to correctly identify things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know quite how uh, how good a chemist he is himself. Like there is some suggestion that, like many of the uh, uh, of people of a certain class, he enjoys certain recreational substances. So he may be more experienced than most. Yeah. But yeah, he's able to fit this device with a small, essentially blow dart, firing a, a, a chemical payload into the neck of the nearest person, yeah, causing pro- them programming to just like walk in and then go look. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like, oh, everybody now thinks it's Richard. And so, Kate, I can't help but notice you've got a little mark here on your on your neck. 
I do? Like you've got a little, yeah. Okay. It's, it's still, I mean, it's not, it's not bleeding anymore. Mm, okay. But is there a possibility that that there was a that an agnosia? No, don't open it now. Okay. I, I think don't. it's better not to open it now in case there's a second dart in there. I've ne- never seen a dart gun in a book, but it sounds, yeah, it sounds very Indiana Jones esque almost. But it's a fucking bear prank. They've got us already. They're oh, getting you now. What? That's like no bear. Oh damn bears! <laughs> this is like oh, I'm gonna have to see on extending bear season. Ah, yeah, that's a possibility. That's Fuck, that's the ultimate bear prank. And, hard ca- and, and large caliber handguns. Whoa, hold on. Are we going to actually kill the bears? Well, that's what bear season's for. I mean, what else were you going to do with them? You know, I hadn't thought that Fireplace far ahead. Fireplace rug. Okay, this is kind of harsh. Hmm. Well, uh, okay. I will not be... <laughs> you will not be... You will not be neck-darted by your own In my books. own library. By my own books. <laughs> Shall okay, not stand. So a, a, a line has to be drawn here. Yeah, okay. Well, then, at this point, I should also I should also mention, I have found a few books that uh, have been hollowed out and uh, made into beehives. I was okay. kind of okay with that because it was fresh honey. Like, yes, I kind of, but I, kind of I don't... Like that. Defacing books is not good. Oh, that's like, the problem. Yes. Getting agnosia darted in the neck by a trap, that's, that's well, a par for the there's, course. There's, there's issues with that, but defacing books is where I draw the line. Okay, well, you can have my copy... Uh, which I think doesn't have a dart in it. Let's see. So having constructed this uh, this robot, he, he tests it, of course, uh, immediately on uh, Il Maestro. Yes. Sending it up to the up to the office and hiding behind it as it fires a big ass dart into uh, into Il Maestro's neck. Yeah. And then here's the master launch into a tirade against the robot. Why haven't you left yet? Why haven't you left yet? You can borrow my car. Here are yeah, the keys which on, he throws like, at the robot. Yes, you bounces have to, off. Them. You have to catch up with Roger and yes, Roger, Roger Romper. Uh, but so satisfied that this actually seems to be working, and that as long as the, the 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 robot continues to follow the basic commands that it can interpret from its environment and go and follow Roger Romper, yeah. uh, and get in the car and go to go and, make and wear the, the wear the suits like and the, wear the do, do the display thing. He's he's confident that the robot will take care of this, so he can go and do his gig. Yep, he goes off, uh, he's trusting in the fact that his new robot will do the thing, and even, though, even, even if it doesn't, he doesn't really care. It's like, yeah, it'll last, and it's world. like, yeah. So he goes and do it, does his changing act. It goes down well enough, I suppose. Quick change acts are always a little bit, you know, oh, we just know that they're really taking off the clothes really quickly. Yeah, but it's kind of it, cool. It, it, it does takes a particular crowd. I mean, like, people who go to, like, acts where other people take their clothes off it's usually not about the speed, <laughs> and they usually go a little bit further in the end. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Okay. So there's, 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 there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, there's a, there's a definite sort of demographic right. in the audience. There are groups of women of a certain age who are out with, with friends. There are a few, you know, men of a certain age who are just exploring things that they may not have yes. about themselves. At the end of his act, he's actually feeling good about himself, especially about the fact that he got out from under the work. Yeah. And uh, back at home, he's uh, going to see his good wife, Brooke Melody. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Who says hello, sweetie? Hi, sweetie. Yes. <laughs> when well, he, well, well, well actually, actually, she doesn't because uh, oh. who is sitting on the couch when uh, he comes in? Oh no, it, it, it's it's his robot. Yes, it's that's like, right. Who has come home after work and is now shot up, dear old Brooke, with uh, uh, one yeah, of the she's da- got darts, a, a gnosia dart sticking out of her, out of out of her neck. I mean, and he was already a little bit suspicious because he saw these boots out in the hallway. Oh, and whose old boots are in the hall where my old <laughs> boots should be? Uh, I'm sure they're just geranium pots. <laughs> oh, you're drunk, you're drunk, you silly old drunk. You cannot see a classic song of just hilarious, hilarious and. And fun. Well, let's be generous and call it polyamory. She's like wondering who is this guy and what are you doing here? Wondering who the strange man with his huge bag of clothes is who is now walking in and like trying to like get a beer from the fridge. Richard, please! Unhand him. No, wait, not unhand him. Hand him, I suppose. 
Yes, your, your hands, your hands, your, use your huge hands on him, lay, hand, <laughs> lay hands upon him. It was very weird dialogue in this book by this great... Yeah. Philip K. Dick is a very famous author, but if you look at the dialogue in the book, it's just, it's just it's sweetie darling. Rubber hands. He, he gets turfed out by his own creation, uh, yeah, he gets thrown out on the street. Out. Uh, Do you know that word? Oxted. Oxtered. No. It's, it's the Scottish word for armpit. Oh. So oxtering someone out is like literally grabbing them under the oh, armpit and the, oh, and the right. arm and sort of lifting them bodily off the floor and out you go. I suppose like it, you're the, the cat of the Flintstones. Yeah, I suppose it beats getting defenestrated. But. For our readers at home, uh, if you don't have the ability to like push your finger on this word on your Kindle where you're reading your podcast. I don't quite know how things no, work No, I don't anymore. think it works like that. Defenestrated is being thrown out of a window. Yes, I love that there's an actual word for that. I think it's Austrian. I, think I, th- I thought it was from the French Revolution. I'm that not... that was a typical way to put someone out of office. It's fine if you're on the ground floor, but if you're like a few floors up, I can assume it's more of a permanent uh, disbandment of the uh, <laughs> working permanent relationship. Emotion. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So the, the scene repeats itself several times. Like he goes... Uh, uh, and tries and visits his parents, but no, the robot has beaten him there as well. And I'm not quite sure how this robot knows what Richard is planning, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason, wherever Richard goes, he finds that the robot made it there before him, as like uh, Agnosia darted everybody around. It's and, sort of like uh, like in Police Squad, the precursor to the Naked Gun films, where when Frank Drebin is called to a, to a crime scene, he always uh, uh, narrates, and my boss was already at the scene. Um, his his wife is no help. I mean, even if she did recognize him, being a stay at home astronaut, she's she just. I don't know why he surrounds himself with these idle rich people. people. So he goes and tries to uh, uh, his good uh, friend. I mean, I guess it might have been a bit of his side squeeze, Petunia, who seems to be the only person who's yeah. uh, not been visited by uh, Robot Richard yet. Uh, I uh, I kind of like that they have. I I do want to call it polyamory. I do want to. Well, Maybe Mr. Dick is very liberal in that regard. It seems to be kind of okay. Like I think he was just confused that there was different boots than his or Roger Rompers. And yeah, when he goes and visits uh, Petunia, and I just got that. Yep, yep, <laughs> I got that. Uh, uh, he knocks on the door and he says their their secret little cheeky uh, code phrase to be let in. Yeah. Are you my mummy? Mummy, yeah. Which, it's, it's which a, I think suggests like it's just a little bit creepy. It's a little bit creepy. Yeah, it's kind of kind of more they're, than a little bit creepy. It's like it's very creepy, but. I think maybe they're just into weird stuff. I guess. I, mean, I think that's like, okay. To each their own. It's, yeah. So, yeah, they like, go sit and talk to her, explains the situation, and she confessed to him, like, oh, it was actually here earlier. But, like, it was such a weird weird thing. I mean, yeah. it was wearing your kind of suit, and then it, it blow-darted something at me, and, I was, and then it started acting like it was you. And I was just like, yeah. like who are you? Get out of here. Yeah. Go away, weirdo. And she I, shoot him yeah. out, and <sighs> Richard finally has a companion for his yeah. for his quests. And so, so we need to figure out why doesn't it didn't work on you and what can we do about it? Yeah, so she uh, 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 she grabs her white cane and her guide dog uh, and <laughs> off they go together to try and find this this robot who has now been identified as R1CH4RD for Richard, because that's right. apparently how, how we distinguish between... I, I mean, I appreciated it as a reader. Yeah. I wonder how well we're going to do in an audio medium. This is like one of the first known instances of lead speak that I'm aware of yeah. in this book. It's yeah. like, yeah, well ahead of its time like that. Like her, her, her guide dog, like a canine, wasn't it? Right? Is that like... Yes, I, I do believe in, so. In another expl- expl- exemplary force of like lead speak. <laughs> so he follows the, the trail of a social disaster... Uh, uh, of all these various places where he should be welcome. Where R1CH4RD <laughs> has already t- uh, assumed his, his identity, identity. Uh, uh, including another sort of uh, side squeeze. Uh, uh, I, think it's, I think it's maybe Petunia's girlfriend, but who is very, very impressed by R1CH4RD's 
Tarzan attachment. Oh, uh, yes. Well, some people who enjoy certain things may have different associations with Tarzan and may understand that that is that that is a thing that some people enjoy with with an extra thing on the side well, for his and her pleasure thing, uh, ripped, ripped like Richard. Ple- <laughs> yeah, certainly. I mean, it's called an infrared hex key, but I think that's also maybe a sex thing. I guess it's nice and warm. It is a, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a deep penetrating. Yeah, and uh, hex again. Uh, it's like a ripped. It's, it's kind of like the old jokes. Like, why is this, a triangular wheel better than a square wheel? I don't know. It eliminates one bump. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that optimism, and I and I sort of share it. Uh, uh, and of course, others are a, are a fan of his ultraviolet Phillips head, which may have been a wand. It's, it's a wand with a bit of a purplish knob at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they they do finally track him down as he's as he's sort of prattling a, a, along the road on his on his little. Uh, I mean, it's a little like nuclear steam powered locomotive mm-hmm. when you think about it. They do run into a few other people who. It has been long enough since they got Agnosia darted that it's starting to sort of wear off. So they they start to recognize Richard again, which is a huge advantage. They just assume that he was briefly an encybered person. Yes, as happens here, apparently. It's like there's like a lot of those are working in the factory, actually. That's uh, where he got a lot of his ideas in, in Uh, in building this contraption from. He needs to disguise himself in yes. order to, to be able to infiltrate behind R1CH4RD without yes. being identified as Richard himself, mm-hmm. using the whole, the whole scenario. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he gets some more, some more props, including a, a 20-foot scarf uh, and a bow tie. Using that, he tries to assume the identity of uh, uh, someone else known as the face of Bob. <laughs> yeah, basically an, an elderly gentleman. Yes, he takes the face of Bob and uh, wears it for himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he yells, "Allons-y!" And off they go on their on their adventure, hiding in a phone box until R1CH4RD passes. At which point they can reverse his the polarity of his neutron flow, causing a degeneration uh, and making him addicted to alkyl nitrate and quaaludes. Wow! And finally, <laughs> it all comes back down to the showdown in the Zentai factory, <laughs> yeah. where uh, Richard, uh, Richard, <laughs> still wearing the face of Bob, uh, manages to uh, start a uh, robot revolt against uh, the R one CH four RD, leading the uh, the factory robots, the Encybered people, the Encybered people, yeah, yeah uh, against R one CH four RD, trying to like overthrow him, and marching in. St- Lockstep. Marching in lockstep, tight ranks, uh, basically overwhelming him as, as the robot backpedals yeah, into a, a corner and he gets like image. the Tarzan attachment get ripped off and flies Ooh, through the yeah. air. The ultraviolet his... Phillips head gets pushed where it's really not supposed to go. Uh, <laughs> they they give him a nuclear pile wedgie. Oh, uh, they oh. dent all of his knobs. Yeah. They, 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 the, the Deflate his gloves. The, yes, poor old Richard can like take back his dredgy job. And he's kind of like, oh, yeah, what, why yeah. did I do this again? And it's like, oh, yeah, because I, I wanted out of here. And yeah, well, it's like, I guess the he was, would have been okay with it if it was just like the android doing his job and not trying to take over the rest of his life. Which turns out the android actually did a pretty good job. Yes. And Brooke Melody, his, his wife... Hmm. I mean, she actually kind of enjoyed all that, all well, that maybe, ribbing. Maybe a lot of the Tarzan attachments. You and know, the Tarzan attachment. Yeah. Like, it was, it was really adding something. Yes. And he has this moment of, of, of confrontation as the other encybered people the, who were whipped into a frenzy by his impassioned speech leave, and he sees R1CH4RD lying there in tatters. Broken. And he realized that this, this, this robot actually fit into the life that he'd, that he'd grudgingly made for himself. 
a lot better than he himself did. It's a bit of a, yeah, you know, careful what you wish for moment. And I, th- I, I sort of respect that he, that he had this realisation that his parents have expectations of him that he doesn't want to meet and the job that he thought that he would hold to defy their expectation also isn't his. And even Brooke Melody, like, they've been married for a while, their tastes have grown apart. That yeah. sometimes happens to people. They want other things. If you like pina coladas. Yeah. And, and in this case, they find out she likes the Tarzan attachment and he... He really likes Petunia. Like, that's not yeah. just a squeeze on the side. No. And uh. so while, while walking Petunia's guide dog, because, of course, working dogs, they need relaxation as well. Oh, of course. They need, need downtime. It occurs to him that he can rebuild R1CH4RD for exactly the purpose for which he was intended. And, yeah, let him have it all. Yeah. The robots seem to enjoy it. Agnosia Dart's futures are going to go up. And R1CH4 is now super addicted to those awesome, awesome quaaludes. Do you know what those are, by the way? Uh, I've heard they're, they're a particular kind of. They were sleep aid. Oh, so they 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 helped you. They helped you fall asleep and right. uh, and ensured restful sleep. Then someone figured out if you don't sleep, yeah, you get super fucking high. Oh, if you don't okay. sleep, you get like. Do you ever feel? Have you ever been like overtired? Yeah, yeah. you have. Yeah, where you get so tired that sleep you, sort of yeah. becomes impossible because yeah. you feel super weird. Yeah, and, you can't. Yeah. And, and it's a special sort of delirium yeah. and also kind of horny. That's quaaludes. Oh, okay. Guess they're not being sold anymore now. Then I don't think I've ever even right. heard of them being sold, being sold or anything. Or I don't think I ever know anybody who took them. But uh. same with alkyl nitrates, nitrates, yeah. also known as poppers. Yeah, which amyl nitrates. I thought they were, but oh, amyl, 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 potato, potato. I mean, they used to be sold as cleaner for uh, pickup needles, for people who still know who, what those things are. Yeah, on LP players. Yes. Wow, we were becoming a very different type of podcast very quickly, so yeah. maybe we sort of ease it back. <laughs> I rather like the closing imagery of uh, of Petunia and, and Richard, like, repairing R1CH4RD together. Getting him ready to take over that part of Richard's life. What a wonderful thing that must be when you realise that you are not the right fit for certain aspects of your life, and that something else can be and, and that it's okay to let go of that and go yeah, do something else. Yeah. Like, I like the responsibility that he doesn't just up and leave, but actually rebuilds the yes. robot. And that's his thing. Like He, he wants that fulfilment for himself as well. He wants to, to accomplish these things and to give these things to people that he cares about. You know, Brooke Melody, like, clearly yeah. he still loves her. It's just not the, the kind of passion that they... Speaking of passion. <laughs> it's just not the kind of passion that they used to share and that he thinks that she deserves. Yeah. Uh, and that he enjoys with Petunias. It's bizarre how this absurdly written book, with two pages of dialogue about hands, somehow... I mean, it must be Mr. Dick's thing. ...has such a a really touching conclusion. So, the, the question that we have asked every episode so far, yes. that is from our opening song, that we knew immediately, that was going to become our catchphrase, and has so far, did you like, like it? it? Well... Yes, I did like it. Good. Um, so did I. Um, so, <laughs> how much did you like it? Well, let's find out like how we're going to rate it. I think we should <laughs> yes. rate it out of twelve physicians. Twelve physicians. Yes. A, a dozen physicians. <laughs> exactly. A dozen physicians. <laughs> a dozen physicians. Yes, I just got that now. <laughs> but which physicians? Whom shall we shall we identify <laughs> yes. as the as the as the famous physicians? We have oh. oh can we actually name a dozen physicians? Okay, Probably not. No, there's, there's, there's Barry. Oh, God, we've mentioned him the old, before. The old... Assigned female as birth and perhaps like, oh, right. uh, identifying as Those, female yes, but right. living as male. No, I, I, a surgeon. That was a very famous one. Oh, who else do we know who did famous... House? 
House MD. Uh, yes, yeah. Dookie. Dookie House. <laughs> you got there just slightly before me. God damn it. Yeah, name uh, all the cast of Scrubs. Well, there's that. Probably gets us another six. We're down to, the, we're down the, to the, eight. Do we know uh, 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 the Flying Doctors? That's at least three fit in an well, airplane. Well, not, not all of those are doctors, but yeah, just the pilot. Okay, yeah. uh, that gets us to 11. We need one more famous physician. Um, George Clooney played a doctor in uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay, yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, we have all of ER. Okay, so we know we, we know a lot of a lot of physicians. So I'm going to like have to say the war physician. The war physician was very good yes. by William Hurt's dad. Yes, I think played that. Oh, the name escapes me right now. Very <laughs> special Hershey, episode, yeah. and yes. it was a bit of a crossover with Matthew Smithers and <laughs> Dave Renter. Reiter, yes. <laughs> <laughs> His name wasn't definitely on the lease. So, yes, the uh, the, the, the wartime the, physician is definitely yes, what the, I would rate, it, rate this book out of twelve. I think we kind of made it. We actually made it. I can't believe. It. Uh, so, thank you once again to friend of the library uh, uh, Ryan Campbell. Do check him out on uh, uh, on Twitter at the Pendrake. See, I really like being supportive of writers. So oh, when we get a contribution yeah, from totally. a writer, and all the, the the books we read, obviously we're huge fans of all of these writers, except for a few of them. Yes. In retrospect, we did the research that they're kind of not so very cool. Generally speaking, you can find out from the way that we talk about the book that <laughs> we do find that out sometimes. Barry B. Longyear. Yeah. Hmm. Marion Zimmer Bradley, yeah. mm. Orson Scott Card. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, oh, well, it's just books. Dubious facts. Yes, it's just books. And uh, sometimes as, as someone said, it. like you can separate the art from the artist with a crowbar or with a with no, a shovel. No, I mean the art is not the artist. You know, that's oh, like... the art. Entirely, entirely fair. So, what do we have in store for our readers yes. next week? Next week's book is by W. Howard Baker, "The Ooh. Girl in Ass's Milk." <laughs> <laughs> and Lanamout covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we don't be judging book by its cover. Oh, I wonder how many of our readers don't fucking get it. Oh, yeah, what is this going to be like then? I don't know. It sounds weird, I suppose.